If a hacker gets a hold of your credit card information, that's pretty bad. You want to talk about bad, however. Try considering if a hacker compromises the operating system of a water treatment facility or an airport or a nuclear power plant. No cyber attacks are good, of course, but some are much worse than others. And in the age of the fourth industrial revolution, with increased connectivity and emerging technology, even disconnected network systems can still be confronted with potential cyber risks. And when it comes to critical infrastructure, like the examples previously mentioned, cyber defenders absolutely have to get it right. Hello, I'm your host, Paul Teese. And on this episode of If When, I discussed the topic of operational technology, or OT, cybersecurity, with Adi Karasik, Global Technology Principal, OT Cyber at Jacobs. Adi shared his insights on the types of threats that OT Cyber defends against, the principles for operating an OT network, the challenges of staying ahead of the bad actors out there, and some examples of successful OT Cyber projects. Adi, thank you for joining me. Today, we're going to talk about operational technology cybersecurity and what Jacobs is doing uh, in this regard, uh, kind of what it means and and some of the exciting things going on. So the first question for you is, what are some of the kinds of cybersecurity threats or dangers that OT Cyber detects and defends against? And how does OT Cybersecurity differentiate from IT? You know, it's a very complex question, you know, all the threats and everything else. But uh, if we look at the changes, what are happening in the world, I would say the IT cybersecurity or the data cybersecurity as we know it mm-hmm. went through a renaissance phase in a second part of the first decade in 2000s. All of a sudden, you know, something that nobody cared about became a big issue and everybody started ramping up and providing IT cybersecurity services protect my data, I want confidentiality, I want this, I want that, and so forth. That is happening now with OT. Mm -hmm. Because for years and years and years, for decades, we're building the critical infrastructure pieces without any consideration for potential vulnerabilities on a digital side that can cause all of that to stop working or affect people's lives. Mm. So what in terms of the threats, threats are radical because we're dealing with critical infrastructure. You know, mm. on the IT cybersecurity side, the threat is somebody's going to read your email or access some sensitive information. On our side, the threat is, you know, the uh, there won't be power or there won't be potable water in a state. Mm. That creates life-changing environment for people. Uh, the nuclear power plant will explode. You know, and we've seen all of these escalate over the last 10, 20 years, you know, from the first aggression of Russia on Ukraine in 2014, right, with Mm -hmm. the famous attack by NotPetya, OT attack that they did to Ukraine energy system that nobody was prepared to deal with. We saw several attacks on towards the Middle East countries that, that people were targeting their ability to produce oil. Mm-hmm. And the uh, so this is real, and you know there are so many bad actors that are trying to hurt both U.S. and individual nation economies by attacking uh, the OT infrastructure. Now, in terms of the differentiation, the, mm-hmm. probably the best way to approach this is on the IT side of cybersecurity. We're concerned with privacy. 
how to protect that integrity of data that somebody doesn't see what you're writing, your personnel records, your salary information, your medical history. These are all important things or mm -hmm. your passwords for that you use for work, right? At the same time, on the OT side, data is not really relevant. What's relevant are processes and systems that are working. So there is no much need for secrecy because if you drive by a nuclear power plant, mm -hmm. you can tell if it's working or not working. You see a smoke coming out of a smokestack, guess what? It's working. There is no need for somebody to tell you it's being mm -hmm. generating power. Mm -hmm. So we can't protect that. There is no need to hide that. What we protect is who can log in from outside and change parameters on the generator because mm -hmm. explosion of that facility would have horrible consequences for the area that we're in, right? So mm -hmm. that that is the difference. We're working on protecting equipment, assets, and processes, integrity mm -hmm. of those versus confidentiality of data that's being collected. Okay, so you mentioned, you know, the differences between OT, cybersecurity, and IT, uh, cybersecurity, and, and let's talk about OT and IT networks. You know, how is an OT network different from an IT network in respect of cybersecurity and network performance? So there is a, uh, the best way to approach this is there's a beautiful uh, data published by actually United States Department of Defense, and this is not classified. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the data they provided, and DOD is a great point because they typically don't have as much of a challenge as a local utility to get budget for funding their own security, right? So the difference between the IT and OT that our Department of Defense controls mm -hmm. is from 2 million devices that they have in IT on, our, on their networks to 1.3 billion devices that they have on their OT networks to typical corporate procedure in any developed organization is that we change our computers every two or three years. Mm -hmm. DOD does the same thing, but on OT side, it, on average, every 30 years. So mm -hmm. you would, in many cases, dealing with an obsolete technology that you have to protect against the contemporary threats of today. Mm -hmm. The lastly, uh, the networks on IT side are following the same principles no matter what the network is. So if one is to design a network for their home, mm -hmm. that network will have the all the elements as the professional network. So you're going to have connection to your printer, to maybe other computer, maybe some smart devices in your home, and it's mm -hmm. going to be following the same as you're in the office. The usage of that network varies because today you might be working from home, and the office network, IT network, will look different. And tomorrow you're in the office, so that footprint of where the signals go and how the traffic flows will change. On OT side, it is a little bit different. Network is custom designed to follow a particular process. So you can have two water treatment plants, but they have different networks because the equipment that they use is different, or the process that they follow to produce water is different. So network has to be built around it. And then finally, they're always the same. Because of the air gap, these networks are traditionally never ever connected to internet. Mm -hmm. You're always going to see the same picture on the network. So always the same devices. There is no, oh, I, I'm going to work from home, so I'm going to log in into the water treatment plant from home and change mm -hmm. configuration or something. That doesn't work. So 
we're dealing with new versus old. And the other good example is uh, all in the same DOD study. The Department of Defense has five operating systems that they have to protect within the network of Department of Defense. Mm-hmm. On OT side, they have to protect 93,000 operating systems because all of these devices that exist on OT network speak different languages, right? Mm-hmm. The programmable logic controllers, the human machine interfaces that are there, the very specific design in a particular generation, particular age to operate a particular process. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that makes sense. Hmm. Now, well, so let's talk about the principles that go into operating an OT network. You know, prior to our chat, you know, you'd shared with me some of the some of the stories that have made the news involve like the Colonial Pipeline, uh, Oldsmar Water Utility in the U.S. and uh, Maruchi Shire in Australia. You know, in those examples, you know, what went wrong there and how were their networks accessed? So the principal problem is the human participation, right, as always. So there are two things uh, traditionally in an infrastructure world, in a, in a role of uh, operational technology. Mm-hmm. We segregate the information from operation technology networks. And the reason they're segregated is not necessarily just to follow the official guidance like National Institute of Standards of Technology prescribes that you have to separate these. And mm-hmm. the point is to minimize risk, because if somebody gets infected by a virus because they opened a bad email, mm-hmm. you don't want that to affect your manufacturing process or your weapon systems control system. Right. So you want to segregate the potential contamination only to one bucket. You don't want IT issues to spread over OT and other way around. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the Colonial Pipeline, what happened was they, basically somebody opened the bad email, Mm. but because their networks were, they were sharing the same network for IT and OT, instead of just users getting infected, they infected the control system that was operating the fuel flow for the Eastern part of the United States. In a case of the Oldsmar facility, which is a water manufacturing plant in Florida, mm-hmm. there was actually an attack of the same nature on the west coast of the United States just five days before. And, you know, the hackers were using the operating procedures of some of these smaller facilities who don't have enough people, and they enabled their people to operate some of these automated processes from home. So all they were doing is, you know, jumping on that channel that they were using to communicate with the equipment operating the plant, and they changed the chemical compound mix that was going into the water. And if that was not caught, you know, they could have created water that would be poisonous for all the people that are drinking it. Mm. So the good thing about industrial control systems, though, is typically no matter how good your automation is, There is Mm -hmm. always a set of manual controls that you can revert to in case that the digital side gets compromised. Mm. The Nomaruchi Shire is a very interesting one because I think we're going to see more and more of these as the time progresses. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know the whole story, but Maruchi Shire is a giant uh, wastewater treatment plant in Australia. Mm-hmm. And they had the, the case where they had a temporary employee because somebody was on a very long sick leave. And this gentleman in particular was serving in that capacity of an operator for some of their OT systems for about nine years. Mm-hmm. The person who was on a medical leave passed away and they opened 
the job requisition for a permanent placement of this gentleman that was there mm -hmm. and the um, and he did not get a job. So they pick somebody else, which can happen in any free economy and market. But when they walked him off the site, they forgot to take cybersecurity into consideration. So they let him keep all the access controls, the logins, the keys to the systems. Mm -hmm. And this turned into a perfect insider threat because it's not a cyber attack if the person is using valid logins and passwords to access the systems where he has been given rights to operate. What he did was criminal. He released 750,000 gallons of untreated sewage into a, a clean environment. But at the same time, this is the type of human behavior that we have to expect in the future because human connections are probably the biggest point of vulnerability. Mm. When you think about critical infrastructure and you think about large scale events and, and public events, there's a lot of collaboration that goes on across various players and vendors and, and whatnot. You know, so can you speak to those kinds of collaborations and what are some of the positives and I guess maybe some of the negatives there? And are there some like case studies of like that, like, for instance, Jacobs has been involved in that you can kind of demonstrate how we successfully navigate that complexity? Absolutely. So uh, let me maybe say this. There is um, for Jacobs in particular, there are two angles of looking at this. Uh, one is within Jacobs. I made a graphics that was circulated in a couple of briefs in which I presented what we do as a layered cake. Mm -hmm. And the point of the layered cake was to showcase that each layer of a sponge represents a conventional engineering offering Jacobs has. Mm -hmm. And then all the frostings that connect those layers are sort of a digital services such as OT cybersecurity, right? That mm -hmm. connect this into a more valuable, more rich and more interesting cake to taste. And then you have the the fondant that brings the cake together, which mm -hmm. is our overall corporate structure and guidance and whatnot. And then the sprinkles that are all over the plate, which are our connection with variety of necessary technologies from our trusted partners. So we are a large integrator. And mm -hmm. as such, we cannot come to the market and say, hey, we're going to offer you one technology and you don't like it, we can't do the work. What we do instead is we team up with the leaders of digital world in the industrial sector, and we approach this idea of remaining leader, remaining in a leading position in the world in terms of the digital development by integrating the newest technologies and the best technologies out there in a set of comprehensive solutions that mm -hmm. each one of our clients can choose and pick which ones to include and how uh, how deep to get involved with variety of technologies. And I'll give you a couple of examples. For example, a very good client of ours is the city of Wilmington. And this is also another interesting story because Jacobs doesn't just advise their clients on what to do. Mm -hmm. We also operate and serve as operators of a variety of infrastructure facilities. So in Wilmington, we want to contract to rebuild, refresh technically and whatnot, the Wilmington Wastewater Plant, which is one of the largest in the United States. But then we teamed up with some of our partners like Cisco and Microsoft and many others, and we asked them to provide us with the best possible technology so we can integrate that and mm -hmm. provide the sample of what the utility of this type for the future should look like. Mm 
We did a similar project in United Kingdom testing the environment for the European style utility of the future with many other partners. We're doing some integrations in the Middle East where we have our partners team up and do and some of these technologies are just absolutely amazing. The, the new uh, gateways that enable us to extend the reach of the conventional networks wirelessly. The new network behavior anomaly detection systems that are our eyes and ears if there is any type of cyber attack on the facility as, as long as we're controlling it. You know, the uh, uh, the analytical pieces, the uh, integration with some of our partners on a data analytic side to tell us the trends and frequencies and predict possible maintenance issues, whether we're utilizing some of our in-house developed tools or some of our partner tools. But the objective is to give the best access of technology to our clients. Mm -hmm. My last question for you is, you know, what kinds of technologies are necessary for a successful OT cyber project and how does an organization stay a step ahead of the bad actors out there? You know, I'll kind of answer in reverse format. It's hard to stay step away from uh, the uh, from the hackers and from the bad actors out there. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for so many things. And one of the things that we do is while we talk about a lot of technologies that we do, we never advertise which technology have we used on which site or mm -hmm. which combination of technologies, because that would potentially give information to the bad actors that they could exploit against us. Mm -hmm. uh, the second thing is we uh, we got to keep researching. We got to keep our relationship with our partners. We got to look at the cross technology solutions that will enable the clients and operators to get maximum effectiveness in terms of protection. There is no ultimate protection per se that we can uh, that anybody can provide to any client and say you you know you buy this box and you're safe. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. It's a constant relationship. It's the constant upgrading. It's the constant improvement that keeps them safe. Lastly, because we're talking OT, mm -hmm. most of these solutions, if not all of them, have to be completely passive. And that's one of the differentiation approach between the IT and OT, because of OT's process network that operates things, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'll give you an engineering example. Uh, we were asked, I'm not disclosing the name of the client, but we're doing some checking on a fire suppression system in a tunnel. Mm -hmm. And if you think of a tunnel and a fire suppression system, what happens typically is uh, if it's an IT network, you, you know, you can ping all the devices, they report back and you know what systems are there. On mm -hmm. OT network, we can't do that because one thing that you can do by pinging these devices is cause them to inertly activate. So imagine mm -hmm. if we get one of the key tunnels to the United States where hundreds of millions of dollars of mm -hmm. uh, daily economy goes through, right? And mm -hmm. by pinging these devices, we cause them to release the foam and fire suppression systems and stop the traffic in a city like Atlanta or New York or, you know, or many other places in United States. That mm -hmm. can have horrible consequences. So we have to be more what I call a submarine mode, kind of more like a sonar type of thing, eavesdrop to the network traffic. And based on that, we have to determine what is really going on and if there is a reason to intervene. That's mm -hmm. why we need to keep investing. And OT market is very, very large market-wise, very mm -hmm. small personnel and talent-wise. We need to invest 
in building more professionals, more technicians, you know, re reskilling and upskilling some of the existing Jacobs employees. We might have one of the biggest OT groups market wise, mm -hmm. but it's nearly not enough to cover all the global needs that we're currently seeing. Mm. Wow, it's amazing. Well, Adi, thank you so much for, for sitting down with me and talking about OT cybersecurity today and some of the ramifications and, um, you know, some of the, the various factors at play in keeping society safe and keeping critical infrastructure functioning. So thanks so much. Thank you.